0: I don't know when it's going to be, but when Lawrence runs for office, I'm voting for you. <laughs> I want to. I don't care what office it is, because that was the most political answer I've ever seen. You just I'm spent clear. 30 seconds talking about nothing. You didn't answer the question at all. What's the question? The,
2: I, I don't, love how you keep inflicting uh, Atlanta Falcons fandom on Lawrence when uh, he said that after 28-3 he slept like a baby. Yeah, Falcons.
1: snoring and drooling. <laughs>
2: Fantasy
0: Football
3: Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Lawrence Jackson, Jay Croucher, Matthew Berry, a little travel problems. That's not Matthew Barrett. That is not Matthew Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> I, am Matthew <laughs> I am Matthew Barrett. an impersonator. I am
1: Matthew Barrett. I'm just wearing a costume that look like that dude mm. ain't Lawrence that comes on his show sometime. So it is me. It is Matthew. We'll run with that.
3: That's absolutely right. Off the top, Lawrence. Lawrence the politician.
1: Yeah. You just always definitely. have
3: to defend yourself on this yeah,
1: show. You know, well, you know, see, our... Uh, Our beloved Matthew Berry, who isn't here with us today, he likes to try to back me to a corner and (laughs) tries to make me uh, the Desmond Ritter QB1 supporter. But we might be talking about some other quarterback
2: news today. Uh, Another guy. Got a bench besides Desmond Ritter. Just uh, before I ruin your segue, Lawrence, um, it does feel like with Matthew on the show, it's like when DeRon Bland went up against DK Metcalf, feels like we're always just DeRon Bland. Just kind of <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do not get burned. <laughs> to cover <laughs> deep. Yeah, yeah. Give everything. And yeah, DeRon yeah. Bland got a
3: pick in that game at the end. So right. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of hope for you. Yes. he's had quite a few of those this year listen we have a lot to do today we're gonna get through who's eating good and we'll debate and keep it open or close it out uh, with Brees Hall Mari Cooper obviously they're eating good our version of start sitting just a bit and as we always do on Wednesday our early line alert some point totals and spreads that we really really like but before we get anywhere championship managers you are most likely the ones still rocking with us. So you drink free today here at the happy hour. Yeah, Shout yeah. out. Congratulations. Championship yeah. week fantasy managers. We're glad to still have you here. Let's jump into the Roto World player news. For all your player news, go to NBCSports.com. And, Lawrence, we'll get right back to where you kicked us off with. Jacoby Brissett will start on Sunday. This is from the official Washington Commander's account. It is truly unbelievable that on Matthew doesn't really miss a lot of time with this show. He's not here when the Commanders make the big switch to Jacoby Brissett, assumingly to close out this season. But we did get a reaction from Matthew. Don't worry, we will roll that in in just a second. Of course, he is live-tweeting his reaction. But, Jay, isn't this a little bit odd in a scenario where you have a young quarterback... That's had a roller coaster of a season. He struggled a bit against the Jets, but there's been bright spots for him. And a guy in Brissette who, we know what he could do, but he's on a one-year deal. He's probably not a part of their long-term future to just not go with the young guy
2: of the last two games of the season. Well, firstly, couldn't be happy that Matthew's not here today because we would have lost <laughs> 25 minutes of the show that so that to Kobe Brissette, set. but You'll we'll get Matthew's it. reaction. Secondly, makes a lot of sense as the Commanders continue their late push towards the playoffs. Oh wait, no, they should be losing games. I don't understand this at all. I mean, it helps them in terms of on the field, but they shouldn't want help on the field. The line has dropped from... 49 is 13 and a half to 49 is 12 and a half. So mm-hmm. that's what Sam Howell going out, future Hall of Famer does to the line in this spot. But no, I don't understand the point of this whatsoever. You should be trying to get Sam Howell reps. It's also a perfect spot because you can get him reps and you can continue to lose games because I think he's worse right. than Jacoby Brissett. So I don't know. I don't know if this is Ron Rivera trying to save face and try and save his job, which probably isn't saveable at this point, but it doesn't make a great deal of sense.
3: All right, let's take a look at Matthew's reaction since he's not here today. He said, this upgrades the offense in the short term. Term and sets back the franchise longer term. Sigh, the new era can't get here soon enough. And with that, Lawrence, I think that's the truth. This is a team right now that they're projected to finish with a top five selection. You can assume that that top five selection could be used on a top quarterback, one of the yeah. top tackles, one of the top wide receivers, a blue chip player. And the reality is, maybe not this week, but Jacoby Brissett does give them a better chance to win and move that draft yeah, slot Yeah, and,
1: and, and that's clear. We saw him come in the last two games, and the offense was night and day with him in there. They yeah. looked like they was going to lose 50-0 to against the Jets. Jacoby Brissett brought him back. It is it is weird, though. Like, when you look at the Falcons' situation, they're still alive in their division, so the benching of Desmond Ritter is understandable. Um You've seen what you've seen. This is what I think about this. Because they're out of the playoffs, right? Because the commanders are out of the playoffs, it's like, one, I do think it's part of Ron Revere trying to say, well, hell, I know I'm out of here anyway. I might as well try to win me some games. Um, But knowing that they're out of the playoffs um, and you're benching a young quarterback, it kind of makes me believe that they'll be in the market for that possibly once this next draft cycle come out. You mentioned having a top five pick and a lot of the talk has been on the Bears taking the quarterback. But now you have both the Patriots and the commanders in that position. And both of those teams are uh, are looking for will be looking for new quarterbacks as well. So that's kind of what I took for it, because in any other event, you rather just see Sam Howell play. Um, but what's been proven is if, you know, if he don't throw the ball a lot, um, the stats won't be there. Um, and the last two opponents he had, last three rather, didn't really give him a chance to do that. So I don't know. It's just the whole commander's thing is just weird right now.
2: Um, I don't feel sorry for Matthew about it, though. No, me neither. Uh, I think the other thing, just to mention before we move on, is that their last two games are against the 49ers and the Cowboys, so it probably doesn't matter. Right. Either way, maybe they just don't want to completely right. decimate Sam Howell's confidence, who seems like he's trending in the wrong direction against a couple of tough defenses, a couple of tough pass rushes. So yeah. I don't think it really matters And, 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 and quick
1: thing, too, Brock Purdy is close to being the last man standing from that quarterback draft class last year because I think Kenny Pickett being out right now, that might be saving them a little
3: bit. I don't know, uh, but we'll, we'll see. Brock Purdy, last man standing, is Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, it could go down as a historically bad draft class when you look across the board. Let's jump into the injuries we're tracking. Obviously, these will matter a lot to you on Championship Week, even if you're playing in for consolation money as well. Trevor Lawrence dealing with a shoulder injury. That one is trending towards him not playing. Lawrence has played through everything this year, guys. I think we have finally reach the point that he might have to sit. C.J. Stroud's back at practice today, so positive news for C.J. Stroud coming out of concussion protocol. We'll see if he can get ready in time to play. Brock Purdy had the stinger. Josh Jacobs still dealing with the quads. We will keep an eye on that one with Samir White. We talked about him during waiver pickups yesterday. Zach Moss trying to get healthy with the forearm. Same with Michael Pittman Jr. in concussion protocol. Jordan Addison with the ankle injury. Cortland Sutton with the concussion. Zay Jones with a hamstring injury. and Cole Komet dealing with a knee but let's jump into hearing from Doug Peterson on Trevor Lawrence's mountain list of injuries here guys
4: all the injuries that that he has sustained are all you know all all hits uh, you know all contact stuff and and um it's, it's part of it you know and that's that's his style and that's his aggressiveness and and um you know he's he's been fortunate enough to to bounce back from all of them so you know we'll see as he goes this week uh where he's at but, um, you know, uh, we've been fortunate that he's uh, been able to to be available every every week so far. What's your concern level that maybe the team is starting to tune out a little bit? I don't know if it's tune out your
3: message or tune out the coach's message, because, you know, again, we've asked every week and it's it's been sort of the same issues that have cropped up every week.
4: I, I don't I don't think I don't think that's happening. Um, you know uh i've had conversations with players the last couple of days and and guys are still locked in and focused and they they know and listen i might have said this after the game I and mean, it's not like they're going out there and trying to you know make these mistakes right i mean um you know, we just have to be more aware of what's happening um and and as coaches we got to keep continuing to coach them up and, and put them in put our players in in positions to be uh, to be successful on game day so uh, i don't i don't feel like they're uh you know, tuning out at you know at all. Jay, the
3: good news for Jacksonville is they have Carolina this week, so it's a game they can get by, assuming Lawrence has to miss some time. The bad news is right now, this is a division that's wide open and slipping away from them quickly.
2: Yeah, it is. They just seem like a mess, particularly defensively. I think from a fantasy perspective, if. If it is CJ Bethett behind an offensive line that has struggled in an offense that is really off kilter at the moment, obviously you have to downgrade Calvin Ridley, you downgrade Evan Engram, obviously everyone gets worse. Now Travis Etienne, he might be a bit more immune to that because Carolina's run defense has really struggled. They might lean on him more. If it is Beathard, though you would still prefer Lawrence just because of the greater touchdown potential. In terms of football, uh, I mean, their season is just completely derailed. It wasn't that long ago where they were in control of their own destiny Mm -hmm. to get the one seed in the AFC. Now, all of a sudden, now they have an easy schedule. They play the Panthers, and then they close at the Titans... But those aren't layups with the way this team is playing. No team is a layup. Bryce Young is coming off his best game as a professional, so I think it's hugely open for the Colts or the Texans, particularly because those teams play each other in Week 18 and someone has to win that game, and that could be for the division. Yeah, and uh,
1: you talk about the it, – it's like there's a lot of injuries on all of these teams, and it's making it like, hey, it's the AFC South is saying, hey, somebody come get it. You mentioned uh, downgrading all the Jaguars' pass uh, weapons in, uh, in fantasy. I, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, they could possibly be not better per se, but they may hold up at least with a healthy C.J. Beathard as opposed to um, an injured Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, he's got the starter streak going right now, but it, it may be to the point where he, he might have to miss a game. But Calvin really hasn't been productive in three, four games regardless. So – um that's tough on that end when you look at the Texans the Texans could be in a prime spot especially looking at the Colts how they lost to the Falcons getting C.J. Stroud back this week against Tennessee uh that would be big for them he he'd be the lone starting quarterback left you know uh depending on how long Ryan Tannehill keeps playing but that this would be a perfect spot for C.J. Stroud to come in win these last two games and kind of get back a hold of that rookie of the year that he's got going on and you know who needs him in fantasy Nico Collins who just caught four targets for 18 yards and a touchdown so you would think no Tank Dell, Nico Collins to as they say the moon but it's not like that when you shuffling
3: out backup quarterbacks. As we take a look here at the AFC South, the odds to win the division along with the remaining schedule. Jacksonville is the heavy, heavy favorite at minus 175 because what you highlighted, Jay, they have the Panthers and then the Titans. The Colts at plus 350 over there. They have the Raiders who are obviously a tough out right now. And then the Texans, if Stroud is back healthy, that completely changes the dynamic of the team. Now the Texans are still down the board a little bit here as they have Tennessee and the cult so the fact is they have two division games which absolutely helps but this odds board, Jay, seems to be assuming that Jacksonville is able to handle business with or without Trevor Lawrence in these final two games.
2: Yeah, I could not touch Jacksonville at minus 175 in yeah. his current prices because uncertainty around Lawrence, even if he does play, is probably limited. Their defense is all over the place at the moment. They just got eviscerated by the Bucks, And I know the Bucks are a good story, but that shouldn't be happening. So my bet right now, and I think you guys like the Colts, I would probably be on the <laughs> Texans just because C.J. Stroud is practicing today, expecting that he will likely come back. So they're four and a half point favorites over the Titans. Then they go to an Indianapolis team that's coming from a really bad loss to Atlanta. Having uh, watched an ungodly amount of that game, wasn't a very good one. Blake Freeland at right tackle, he's just getting lit up uh, playing in place of Braden Smith. They really need Braden Smith back. And if it is Blake Freeland again, I mean, ne- Gardner Minshew needs the most help that he can possibly right. get. Uh, so. Sh- The Texans and really more to the point, C.J. Stroud would be my bet in that division at the moment. I
1: I, I like that call, too, as it stands here today. Definitely, like, your best bet in looking at the odds. Uh, I think me and Connor's bet on the Colts was preseason. And and, and feeling like, you know, they'd have Anthony Richardson. And as I'm watching the Colts the past few weeks and I'm seeing them with their regular eight and six go, you know, and all I keep thinking about was, man, damn, if they had Adrian – I'm sorry, uh, Anthony Richardson – They'd be at least two wins better, possibly, man. But it's just a—it's a, like the team is well coached, you could tell. But then there's something – you get some great things out of Mitch you sometimes, but then again, games like the Falcons
3: versus the Falcons where it's not as great. Yeah, he's had some fantasy impact, but that hasn't always translated to being a consistent quarterback. Look at the quarterback turmoil in this division, guys. I mean, when you just think about it from – what Tennessee's gone through, getting that look at Levis when Tannehill gets hurt, which I- Lawrence has played hurt almost the yeah. entire year. Stroud with the concussion against the Jets was a significant concussion. It wasn't just one where he's in and out of protocol after five days. Uh, and obviously, when you just look across the board as well at the Colts, we talked about the loss of a guy that was taken in the top five to be yeah. a savior of the offense under Steichen. Uh, the quarterback turmoil in this division, in a year where it's been across the league, I think this division's the headliner. Is, is
1: this, uh, I don't know this for a fact, but. This might be the only division that has had multiple starting quarterbacks on every team. This might be the one division that has that. If if Trevor Lawrence doesn't, I would think so. If he doesn't now, there's a lot of starting quarterbacks this season. Fifty-eight is the. I think Mason Rudolph was the fifty-eighth one, but I think the AFC South might be the only one where. Every team in the division has started multiple quarterbacks.
2: Yep. Well, it'd be the NFC South if not for the great Baker Mayfield, right. who yeah. came into the season yeah. as literally the guy most likely to be benched, and he's the one who has held on to his job yeah. and is thriving. Sure. Shout out to Last him. man standing. Yeah. And even he's played through
3: multiple yep. injuries yeah. as well. It's been that kind of season. Might be having his best season. Matter of fact, At least as a, since the that, early Cleveland, that
1: Cleveland 11 yeah. game stretch where they went to playoffs, that was a good little run. But as a totality, you know,
3: yeah. Especially if
1: they make the playoffs.
3: Yeah, it's a good world to have Mike Evans in sometimes. All right, let's jump into who's eating good. Of course, served by Applebee's. These are the players that are coming off monster weeks, and we're simply asking, can they keep it going? Amari Cooper, what more needs to be said about Amari Cooper? This was the second most fantasy points in a game this season, Jay. The problem is, on the short week now, he's got the Jets, and the Jets secondary has been very good against wide receivers this year. He could play in the slot a little bit and maybe get away from Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed, but a matchup downgrade for a guy that's been absolutely insane with Joe Flacco.
2: Yeah, particularly last week. Last week was just a farce. It just descended into the realm of comedy, what he was doing in that game. It was ridiculous. Now he gets a huge upgrade in terms of opponent. I mean, the Texans, they just down so many guys on that defense. Missing Will Anderson, Blake Cashman, Jimmy Ward goes down in this game, too, after only a few snaps. So it's going to be tougher. But at the same time, Connor, interested for your thoughts, like why did the Jets give up 28 points to the commanders? Are they less imposing of a defense than they were a few weeks ago?
3: Yeah, they took their foot off the gas. They stopped tackling. I think that Brissett was more decisive. For as good as the Jets' defense is, they are not you know, the 85 Bears in a sense where you can't do anything against them, especially when they start to play with the lead. It felt like they got a little bit lackadaisical. And Lawrence, to me, Amari Cooper, I'm not saying for who's eating good this is going to remain. But to think he can't get another 15 to 20 points in a need where a, a, a week where you're starting him no matter what, yeah. uh, he's not a guy that I'm thinking is, you know, he, he can get through this and be fine.
1: He could definitely walk away from this game, uh, what, 100 yards. We just saw Jay, uh Jalen Waddle right. do that to them the, uh, the other week. And one thing is for certain, Joe Flacco is going to, has been, and will continue to let it rip. Just – piling up games where he throws it 40 plus times each game and Amari Cooper said it himself and I believe him he said can't nobody guard him um it's already tough to guard a, a receiver one-on-one um but when you have a guy like Amari Cooper who has done this now 200 plus receiving yards in the game for three teams now um, he still got that in his tank. Uh, it just takes them one big play. They could be shutting down, you know, Cooper in the passing game uh, for the whole game. And then it just takes one deep ball. Like we saw, like this is consistent with Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper. So while I, I don't expect it to be another 200 yard day or even 150 yards, but uh, we know that Joe Flacco. Is uh, looking for him early and often.
3: Where do you rank him this week, Lawrence? I,
1: I have him at sixteen this okay. week. Top twenty I, play. If, if it wasn't, um, if it wasn't for them playing against the New York Jets in that secondary, he would be inside my top
2: ten for sure. The sneaky thing with the Browns as well is that we focus on the fact they've had four quarterbacks, they lost Nick Chubb, they lost all these guys on defense too, but they're also missing both of their starting tackles in Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, and Dewan Jones, yeah, right. the next guy go yeah. he goes down as well. And th- this is why I think Kevin Svanse is coach of the year, just this absurd uh, amount of injuries they've dealt with, but the upshot of losing those tackles is they can't run the ball at all at the moment. And against Houston, they are able to do whatever they wanted through the air, but they just could not run the ball whatsoever, and so they, just, they have to throw, they have to take these shots deep and Flacco is such a perfect compliment for their defense because the defense is so good and Flacco is just going to connect on some of these deep balls and he has to throw them because they can't run it at the moment.
1: He's going to throw a couple of picks, but when it comes to Amari Cooper, that won't affect him in fantasy. Furthermore, they beat the Jets uh, tomorrow night. They clinched that playoff spot, so they're definitely motivated to do that.
3: And they could do it at home. All right, our next player in the same game, Brees Hall. He's got the Browns in the short week at Cleveland. Brees Hall absolutely demolished. Matthews, Commanders, 20 rushes, 95 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. But what was the bonus to get him to over 43 points was the 12 catches for 96 yards. Lawrence, with Trevor Simeon under center, he has no problem checking it down to Brees over and over again. Even on games that he won't be able to get in the end zone on the ground twice, that's the value in Brees Hall.
1: Bruh, 16 targets for a for right running back. back. This is like, that's like some old Adanian Tomlinson yeah. type Marshall stuff, Falk. man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, Last uh, four out of the last five games, Brees Hall has at least eight targets. So, they, he could run into a wall versus this Cleveland Browns uh, defense in the running game. You could have, you know, 12 carries for 30 yards or what have you. But like you said, and Trevor Simeon threw the ball 49 times last week, which was. Tried to th- throw it for you. <laughs> <times. laughs> right. It, which was, uh, that was a bit of a shot to me. But again, 16 of those yeah. were check downs and in, uh, intermediate throws to Garrett Wilson as well. So it's not like he's he ain't letting it rip no. like Flacco. So this is a good thing for um, Breesaw and even Garrett Garrett Wilson as well. I think uh, in this particular game, I have him uh, ranked this week as the running back 10. So it'll be tougher because it's Cleveland. um, But he doesn't he's not going to need a touchdown
2: uh, to give you a double digit fantasy day. Yeah, I think this is also one of the, maybe one of the biggest disparities ever in NFL history between the quality of a pass defense and the quality of an opposing quarterback, particularly when you factor in the Jets offensive line. This Cleveland pass defense is historic, statistically, and Simeon is not good at the moment. And the Browns, their run defense is still good. It's little above average, but it's not the same level as their pass defense. It's the number nine run defense in the NFL. Brees Hall clearly is no concerns about workload or health or whatever. They're just running him into the ground. And we talk, talked about this a little bit yesterday, but, I mean, Christian is your number one running back next season in drafts. Brees Hall might be number two. Yeah, and he, it's bizarre to yeah, say, like, uh, Kyron uh, Williams yeah. might be I would say discussion. Kyron Williams, yeah. but
1: Brees Hall, like, so easily top five. Yeah. That's easy. The question is, is he the third one? Because I would go CMC and then Kyron Williams. But yeah, you know he's going to be there. You got guys like Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard with contract situations, so you know Brees is going to be there. So yeah, that's a, that's a first
3: round pick to me. All right, it sounds like uh, Jarrett Stidham is starting, guys. We have some breaking news on the show, kind of <laughs> kind of a shock here, right? See a team that's had a great second half. Russell Wilson has kind of been turned into game manager. We understand the money and the injury guarantees and the problem with this contract, but the Broncos Sean Payton moves to his guy I guess and Jared Stidham
1: man it's crazy we found this out like a couple of minutes before uh, it's a it's a uh for those that don't know uh Derek Carr was in a similar situation last year with the Raiders where they had to bench him as well so it's I, I think we know if they had had beat the Patriots they probably don't make this move right but I it's still kind of crazy seeing as that they're still alive in the playoffs but that thirty-seven million in twenty twenty-five with thirty-seven million owed to Russell in twenty twenty-five looming. Uh, you know, I guess Sean Payton said we gotta make a—I don't know—a a team move. Maybe the the call came from the top. Maybe they don't think they'll make the playoffs. Um, and like you said, man, uh, Russell Wilson this year twenty-six touchdowns against eight interceptions. I mean, this is what we wanted from Russell this year. Like, we didn't expect him to go back to being a top three MVP candidate. We just want him to do a lot better than what he did last year. He's done that, but if the team doesn't win. That's what make these decisions happens and with the Raiders winning too. So, you know, um, it's definitely interesting to say the least. I would say that this move for to put Stidham in is more puzzling then, uh, you know, the Commander's going right. to reset
3: Well, we know Brissett's an upgrade. While we can't confidently say that about Stidham over Russell Wilson right now.
2: No, and he's almost certainly a downgrade, I would thought. Although I will say, that Stidham last year, and I'll never forget this because I waged heavily on the San Francisco 49ers against the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders in uh, Week 17, I believe. Stidham was magnificent in that game. I still wake up in cold sweats about Jared Stidham because the Niners needed an overtime to win that game somehow as double-digit favorites. But, I mean, he can fling it around, uh, but he doesn't have Devonte Adams to throw to or Josh Jacobs to hand off to, so uh, right. it's not great for the Denver pass receivers. It's, I mean, it's a matchup that's relatively kind against the Chargers, but uh, this is bad news for the Broncos from a fantasy perspective, right. real life perspective. I mean, this team is like the playoffs. They're only a five percent chance to, but that's a, it's a material chance, and we're only two weeks removed from Sean Payton Coach of the Year buzz and Russell Wilson Comeback Player of the Year buzz. Obviously, that's all torpedoed now, but. I mean, their season isn't over. Their last no. two games are the Chargers and the Raiders. They win those two, and they're a chance to make the playoffs. So, I don't know. I guess that's just the structure of contracts and how it works. But it's not a great look. I, I think that point too makes it even more crazy
1: because they're playing the Raiders in the uh, in the Chargers. It's not like they're about to face the Ravens and the Bills back yeah. to back For here. Now. You know, um, it's it's right there. Maybe they want to make the playoffs with Jared Stidham. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, definitely a. Downgrade for all Broncos uh, uh, offensive weapons.
3: All right, we'll finish. Keep it open, or uh, not keep it open. Close that. Who's eating good with Gabe Davis? Who Gabe Davis Jay is kind of the king of who's eating good because when he has a good game, it's a monstrous game. The problem is, it's kind of not even a coin flip. It's one out of every three, four, five. So Gabe Davis comes off a week where he has four catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. But in a fantasy championship. Scenario:
2: this is a boom or bust player. Yeah, he's the definition of boom or bust. I mean, two of the past three games, he hasn't had a catch. And then he goes four for 130 and a touchdown. He's highly dependent on these These Josh Allen Superman plays, like that long touchdown bomb that we just saw against the Chargers, and he was magnificent in that game. But either side of the catchless games, he has 130 and 105 yards. Now, I do think it's a favorable matchup against New England, because New England right now has the best run defense in the NFL, and a pass defense that doesn't stack up. So I suspect the Bills will have to throw, but there's just no rhyme or reason. Any week, he's the most boom or bust player in the NFL right now, Gabe Davis. So I don't think you can trust him. If you're in a matchup where you're at a disadvantage and you need variants, then he's fantastic. Plug him in. But you're the favorite in a championship round matchup. You probably have better options. A guy who has a higher floor. Yeah, it there's, there would
1: have it be the coldest day in hell. If I'm in a fantasy championship and I'm starting a. Receiver that plays with Josh Allen, who's only had three 100-yard games this season. When he scores a touchdown this season, he averages almost 20 fantasy points per game. That's very good. When he doesn't score a touchdown, he averages 2.4 fantasy points per game. So if you're in that fantasy championship and you're thinking to yourself, can Gabe Davis get a touchdown? If you feel like he can, you'll be okay. If you feel like he will
3: not get a touchdown... Don't do it, please. Don't do it. I think it just comes down to kind of what you hinted at, Jay. If you're in a matchup that you're down projection twenty five points, and you have a floor player that's projected for ten, and Gabe Davis, you got to start Gabe Davis. But the reality is, if you're in a fantasy championship, barring a miracle, you're probably projected pretty closely where you, Lawrence, you'd prefer to sit him.
1: Yeah, and, and again, it's like uh, he he's a boomer bus, but it's like boom, bus, 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 yes. boom. The booms be big, and when you and you know when he booms, he's getting that long touchdown catch, and then you can finally breathe easy. But do you really want to sweat out three and a half quarters? Now it's a relief when he does it, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, only if you absolutely have to. Like you'd have to be injury riddled, and we're getting receivers. We've starting to get receivers back uh, healthy,
2: so hopefully you don't have to sweat that out. Um, But if you do, you need the touchdown. Yeah, I think it's like it's compared to like Deontay Johnson or something like Deontay Johnson has so little ceiling with Mason Rudolph with the fact that he just doesn't score touchdowns. The deep shots go to George Pickens. Gabe Davis, if you're the favorite, then start Deontay Johnson, probably. And if you're the underdog, then you might want to start Gabe Davis.
3: Interested in betting the games this weekend and want a little more insight? Jay and Drew Dinzick have you covered with Bet the Edge, with new episodes dropping every weekday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Not only do they tackle key NFL matchups, but they also discuss college football bowl season, the NBA, and more. So whether you're targeting spreads and totals, looking for value in futures markets, or circling player props, Jane Drew, have you covered? We're taking our first break when we're back. How confident do we feel starting Devon A. Chance, Devon Diggs, and George Pickens? The answer is next. We'll keep it open or we'll close it out. When something
5: happens to your car, you might say,
3: Find another way to celebrate the holiday season by being a part of Premier League festive fixtures. We are in the midst of 29 matches over 13 days on NBC, USA, and Peacocks and so wrap up 2023 by checking out all the thrilling moments across the pond. From creative set pieces to scorching shots and amazing saves, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So like
4: sometimes as, well. as a coach that you can try to will things into existence... And you can kind of, like, one of my starting points of how I just view, view this whole game is, like, I have a job to do to put people in position to succeed. But, like, I never am responsible for the results that are, that are good. Like, I could call a terrible play and it works. Or I could call the perfect play and it doesn't work. It's the players and putting them in position for success.
3: Keep it open or close it out. That was Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel. <laughs> good
2: good guy. Good guy.
1: You know, he just letting you know that uh, he calls plays. Uh,
2: yeah. oh my God. He just goes yeah. sometimes. and You never yeah. really know yeah. where you're going to end up. His yeah. hard knock speech where he was uh, self-critiquing his own garbage play calls against the Titans is a uh, must-watch television. Yeah, he is truly definitely. a national treasure, Mike McDaniel. A character that Mike McDaniel.
3: Alright, keep it open or close it out as we always do on Wednesdays here at the Happy Hour Bar. Our version of start sit and Lawrence who would think during championship week our keep it open or close it out top name would be Joe Flacco against the Jets yeah and he he actually comes in as QB 22 for Matthew this week where does he come in for you
1: uh for me this particular week uh he comes in at quarterback 19. Liked him a lot last week. Much different matchup there against the uh, the Texans. 300 passing yards and at least two touchdowns in three straight games. He's thrown the ball at least 42 times in all four of his starts since becoming the Cleveland Browns' new franchise quarterback. Um, however, uh, the Jets have allowed under 10 fantasy points to quarterbacks in four of their last five games. The important thing here is, even when the Jets do give up something on defense, fantasy-wise, they're not giving points to quarterbacks. Like, we just saw Tua have a good, real football game against the New York Jets, but Tua was outside of quarterback 15 in fantasy, so um, be weary of that. Expect If you're in the championship super flex, You're probably having to start them just with the volume alone. But if we're talking about a one quarterback league, I'd actually roll with somebody like Baker Mayfield uh, over Joe Flacco this week. So I'm closing it out.
2: Yeah, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on Flacco and I understand. I say that uh, acknowledging that he was, he was magnificent against Houston. He was better than his stat line and his stat line was pretty freaking good. But he's done this against defences like Houston who are missing half their defence, mm-hmm. the Rams who don't have a great defence, the Jags who are really floundering and against the Bears he really struggled. But what Flacco is giving you, he's just giving you sheer volume. He's giving you sheer pass attempts But against the Jets' defense, this is a substantially better pass defense than any he has played, including Chicago. Uh, So I wouldn't be expecting efficiency, but you can probably do worse just because you can be confident he's going to drop back 35 times at least.
3: Right. I think you brought up a good point, Lawrence, that Superflex at this point, you know, where else are you going to go right now? But another thing to kind of piggyback off what you said, the Jets are a chaotic combination to start quarterbacks against because the defense is really good. Okay, great quarterbacks can overcome that. The Jets' offense is usually horrific to the point where the game script doesn't really match that that opposing quarterback right. needs to drop back and throw. Now, with Flacco and the Browns' offense, we've seen that they don't care. Yep. They're willing they do to do not that. care. <laughs> but it, you're, I think you're almost relying on Trevor Simeon to go out there and get 14 to 17 points against the Browns' defense for Flacco to have the game script to be – productive from a fantasy perspective and i don't see that from Simeon in this one too that too
1: yeah they uh that's an important thing too they can't stay on the field you because you know they're going to keep everything underneath they every pass they thrown the jets uh in week 16 was uh short to (laughs) intermediate so if you know if that's not moving the chains like it did against the commanders well then you're like you said they'll maybe Flacco finally doesn't throw the ball 50 times.
3: Our next one, Ty Chandler against a Joe Barry Packers defense, Jay, that has just... Had some really bad outings against struggling quarterbacks at this point. And Chandler, he's had his moments in this Minnesota offense this year.
2: Yeah, I would keep it open on Ty Chandler. Now, he's struggled a bit more against the Lions. He struggled in pass protection in particular, but I don't think they really have another option. And this is mainly just a reflection of Green Bay's run defense, which has been absolutely atrocious this year. I think back particularly to that Monday night game against the Giants where Saquon uh, and the great now since departed Tommy DeVito just eviscerated them on the ground. So I think he can feel confident enough in the matchup, even if though he's probably not going to do what he did against Cincinnati, for
1: instance. Yeah, it, it could be something that was in between what he did against uh, the Lions and what he did the week prior there where he when he was one of the top backs. Um, over the last four weeks, Green Bay, you mentioned their running defense, their bottom five, uh, run defense the past four weeks and prior to week 16 green bay has allowed 100 plus rushing yards to running backs in four straight games so the beauty of this and we saw alexander madison back that's key too they didn't they didn't he didn't come back and you know they didn't split touches or nothing like that ty chandler uh in for 75 percent of the team's rushes over the last two weeks including when madison was in the backfield so i think it's clear they want to roll with him uh here on out we still got to see what they're going to do at quarterback um but uh i'm gonna keep it open at ty chandler this week i have him as a uh as running back 24
3: so that's lower end uh running back two good bounce back spot for ty chandler after a tough week our next one devon achan Back-to-back games with single-digit fantasy points for A. Chan Lawrence, but the reality is, the last time Jalen Waddle was out, A. Chan ran absolutely wild in Week Three against the Broncos. Jalen Waddle probably out this week.
1: Yeah, they said they said they won't rule him out, but it's a it's, high ankle sprain, it's and it's hard to when you when you're cutting that. You know that's hard. Uh, Divine A. Chan, while you know. It'll be it's, it's tough to envision him running for 203 yards against the Ravens like he did in week three uh, against the Broncos. But, you know, Raheem Mostert's a little banged up, too. Um, yeah. You know, he he's no sure thing. He was in and out of the game. 14.3 um, percent target share in that game a while back. But even recently, Devon Achan looks to be he's been the guy they want to rely on in the receiving game. Uh, out of the backfield so you mentioned Waddle uh, more than likely uh, being out we'll still have to see what happens with that but they'll just need another playmaker you know so without Waddle you got Tyreek Hill now you got to look to A-Chan to just create more plays and Tua has shown he'll throw it throw it over the top for him I got him at running
2: back 23 which means I'm keeping it open for Devon A-Chan yep no I'm with you I'd keep it open as well just in the past Three minutes it's come out. Cameron Wolf reporting by Mike McDaniel that Jalen Waddell's high ankle sprain is not overly severe. You guys remember the good old days where a high ankle sprain was like Eight four weeks. to six weeks? Yeah. And now these high ankle sprains keep getting lower and lower right, and lower. Yeah. But uh, regardless, you wouldn't expect that he's going to be 100% if he does play, which I agree with you, Connor, would seem to be still in some doubt. But the one thing is with Achan is that this Ravens defense, statistically, they don't allow many yards to running backs. That's just because they're winning every game. They're right. always leading. So you're never in a game when you can run. When they actually do, when teams do run against the Ravens, the Ravens are only 18th in run defense efficiency. They're much better as a pass defense. So I think the Dolphins, they will be able to run. This Ravens defense in the past has struggled with speed. I think about what happened when the Dolphins played the Ravens last year. Yes. You guys remember that when the Tua and Tyreek and Waddle just lit them up Tratton. in the fourth quarter? And so I think that A-Chan and Tyree can potentially replicate some of that. So I would be, again, he's like, A-Chan is like a a rich man's running back version of Gabe Davis, where he is the home run shot.
3: Our first pass catcher today, guys, Devontae Adams. While things have been really good for the Raiders in the Antonio Pierce era, Devontae Adams hasn't always been a part of that. Jay, coming off a week where he had one catch for four yards, where the Raiders a lot of it was their defense. They
2: had a great game against the Chiefs. Hasn't really been the Devontae show for the Raiders. No, but I think you still have to start Devontae Adams. Right. He's still Devontae Adams, even though be a bit scared of the matchup in that the Colts, so the Colts can't tackle anyone right now. Their run defense, even with Grover Stewart back, if you get past Grover Stewart, then no one is tackling you on that team. The amount of missed tackles against the Falcons was completely absurd. So I think that with the success that the Raiders had running the ball against the Chiefs, they will lean on that again. But still, it's still Devontae Adams. I think you have to start him no matter what.
1: Yeah, I think that game, you know, it. the games change each and every week. You find different ways to win every week. And the way that the Raiders found uh, the, a way to win was to play defense and not complete passes in the final three quarters uh, against the Chiefs there. Uh, Adams still has had a 30-plus percent target share in three straight games. And prior to this one-catch four-yard game, Adams had has seven or more receptions in three of his last four games so against an Indiana uh, against the Indianapolis coach defense who who middle of the pack when it comes to pass defense you can't possibly expect Aiden O'Connell to do exactly that, unless they're just playing again, phenomenal defense to where they don't have to do anything. But Devontae Abs, you cannot put him on your bench this week. We're keeping that open. I got him as wide receiver 13 this
3: week. All right, our next one, Stephon Diggs. I mean, this is the craziest number you'll hear today, but Stephon Diggs, one game with 50 plus receiving yards since week 10, Lawrence. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if it's just Joe Brady's taking over and the offense has been diversified a couple other places like James Cook, but this is not the Stephon Diggs we've come to love that dominates in fantasy every single year.
1: You know, um going to keep it open for one, guy, but have him as wide receiver 17, which you're still starting a wide receiver 17, even if it's Steph- uh, Stephon Diggs. This is the lowest I've ranked him probably since his rookie year or something. Um, But the Bills are just finding different ways to win against the Cowboys. Josh Allen only threw for 94 yards. Well, you didn't have to throw the ball to Stephon Diggs when James Cook was running all over him. He has had a 38% uh, target share in back-to-back games. So it's not like he's hurting for targets. Um, Him and Josh Allen just seem to be at a disconnecting. we got to know at some point this is going to work. But we're... We're one game from the last game, and this is the fantasy championship. And people want to know, like, can I start them, or who do, who should I start? Zay Jones or Parker Washington or someone? Like, no, don't. Definitely don't start Gabe Davis over Stephon Diggs. Like, don't get that crazy. You just gotta hope for the best and know that because the target share is there, you you know, like, it's coming. Even if it's the fantasy
2: championship.
3: Jay, you'd think this is a game where you'd need them, though. New England isn't allowing anybody to
2: run on them. Yeah, you can't run on New England. And we saw that the the Bills, they really leaned into the run against Dallas. You can't do that against New England. You can't have that success, at least. Nothing that the New England run defense has shown lately would suggest that. I think with Diggs... I don't want to speculate without any information, but I will and say that he just can't be right physically. He played 33 out of 55 snaps against the Chargers. Gabe Davis played 47. That just makes no sense whatsoever. He's been taken off the field on key third downs, particularly in that game against the Eagles. Now, I will say... It's still Stephon Diggs. If Josh Allen places that interception to Gilman a little bit better, that's an 87-yard touchdown for Stephon Diggs in that game, and we're talking about him in a completely different light. So I think same thing as Devontae Adams. The pedigree, the skill level is just too high. You have to start Diggs, but can't do it with a great deal of confidence.
3: If you've made it this far, there's a good chance George Pickens helped you with that. Season-high (laughs) 35.5 fantasy points last week in the best part, Jay. It was with Mason Rudolph. Can he keep this going against Seattle?
2: No, I wouldn't have thought so. I'd uh, be closing it out on George Pickens. I understand that he had the magnificent game against the Bengals, but again, that's the epitome of George Pickens, who is that same archetype as Gabe Davis, where he needs to break these massive touchdown uh, gains to be able to provide value. Uh, and as you can see, Matthew ranks him as wide receiver 35, just behind Jackson Smith and Jigba playing in that game against Seattle. And also, I just I don't believe in Mason Rudolph. I don't think Mason Rudolph is very good, uh, and so I would be shutting it down on George Pickens
1: yeah uh, Matthew has him at 35 I actually have George Pickens at wide receiver 40 uh, this week but congrats to you if you had the stones to start George Pickens uh, in his first game with Mason Rudolph starting 34 percent of his total fantasy points this whole season have come from his five touchdowns so that's not something you want to uh, depend on in the fantasy championship Jay like you mentioned we kind of parallel the situation to a Gabe Davis now I, I don't believe I, I believe George Pickens is a better talent at the position than a Gabe Davis but just due to the situation and, and basically for the whole season really uh, at the quarterback position for Pittsburgh again this is another team uh, who could be in a, looking for another quarterback at some point at that point, you'll see George Pickens elevate. But for week 17 in your fantasy championship,
3: he's got to watch from your bench. Speaking of looking for a quarterback, Drake London of the Falcons, under seven fantasy points in three of his past four games, Lawrence. And an even bigger problem, he has not scored a touchdown since week four. Where do you rank him this week?
1: Yeah, um, not much further than George Pickens at wide receiver 38. Um, he's another one, you know. He can make the acrobatic catch, great body control there. But the problem is, they the Falcons won this game with T- Taylor Heineke handedly. Quite frankly, and Drake London uh just wasn't just wasn't involved there. You see him three for thirty nine. He's got the one blow up game there a few weeks back against the Buccaneers. But this is kind of Gabe Davis territory as well. If you look looking at. The numbers on the screen here, he's got five or fewer targets in three of his last four games. It's crazy to think that as good as he is, he's only had two games this season with double-digit fantasy points. So this week, my man Drake London—I almost said Drake (laughs) May—
2: Uh, <laughs> we're closing. We're shutting it down on Drake May as well. He's uh, <laughs> not playing in the NFL Yeah, he's not played in the bowl game. But I'm going to close it out on uh, Drake London this week. Yep, I agree. I would close it down too. So since week eight, the Bears have the number four defense in the NFL. By the way, you know who's the number one defense in the NFL since week eight? The Las Vegas Raiders, which is stunning, but they're playing at a really high level. But the Bears, for a while, they were kind of a pass-funnel defense, elite run D, more suspect pass defense. That has changed now. Now they're just a really good defense overall. Mm-hmm. They've been the number eight pass defense since week eight, and Jalen Johnson, see the best best cornerback in the NFL. He's in that discussion. He's due to get paid. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good timing. He's, He's going to get paid like some it. some ball. He's so, definitely playing some ball. You get that matchup uh, against Drake London. Also, the Falcons. I think they kind of rediscovered their identity a bit against the Colts. They're a team that wants to run the ball and wants yeah. to run it relentlessly. And even though it's a tough Bears run defense. I think yeah, they would rather take their chances against that than Heineke throwing against Jalen Johnson and Carr.
3: All right, let's mm. recap. Matthews keep it open or close it out rankings. Joe Flacco against the Jets. QB 22, that's a close. But as Lawrence said, if you're in super flex, you probably don't have anywhere else to go. So that's a fringe one there. Ty Chandler against the Packers, RB25, that remains open. Devon Achan against the Ravens is open as RB26 when you go back to what he was able to do without Jalen Waddell in week three. Devontae Adams against the Colts, still a top 20 play, wide receiver 18. That stays open. Same with Stephon Diggs against New England, who's not allowing anything on the ground. The Bills will have to throw. Diggs comes in as wide receiver 15 and open. George Pickens against the Seahawks. That's a close at wide receiver 35. And Drake London, who has had an up-and-down season largely because of what's gone on under center for the Falcons, he's wide receiver 39 for Matthew. That's a close as well. We are taking one more break. When we're back, it's last call. We'll tell you what we have circled on our car this weekend right after this.
5: When something happens to your car, you might say,
3: Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERI when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It is time for Last Call, and on Wednesdays, we take a little early peek at the spreads and totals. Jay, what caught your eye in the opens this week.
2: So the big one for me is the biggest game of the week, I think, which is Dolphins, Ravens. The Ravens are three and a half point. Favorites, the total is 47. I think that total is a bit high. I would take the under there. And I would also take the Dolphins plus three and a half. Now there's a lot of injury stuff just swirling around this game between Jalen Waddell, between Javon Holland, who's been the best player on the Dolphins' defense this season, along with Jalen Ramsey, uh, and then also can they get Robert Hunt back on the offensive line? And then on Baltimore's side, they're banged up at O-line too. Patrick McCurry came out of the game, but the big one there is Kyle Hamilton, who seemed to go down with a it looked like a serious knee injury at the time. Seems like it's not that serious, mm-hmm. but if he's out, he's the best guy on that defense. He's their most important player on defense, I think. You could argue Roquan Smith, but Hamilton's huge if he is out just thinking about what happened when the Dolphins played the Ravens last year and this Dolphins defense is just playing at a really high level at the moment it was really tough sledding for Dak Prescott all game for the Cowboys in that one so I think that this line should be uh, 3, 2.5 at 3.5 I certainly lean Dolphins I'm with you
3: Lawrence what are you looking at?
2: Uh, I'm looking at this Patriots and uh, Bills
1: game. Uh, We know that the Bills have to win out. Uh, They want the playoffs, and they want to win that AFC East in uh, Week 18. Um, But I I like the Patriots to cover the 12 here. Um, You you saw them get the win. You saw the Patriots get the win over Denver last week, which we would all agree that Denver was a superior team uh, coming in. But then – they the Patriots also played the Chiefs well a week prior to that so they're as a team they're playing better ball and it's because of their defense you we talked earlier you talked earlier about their run defense that's top two in the league the pass defense not as good but still middle of the pack overall the eighth best defense in football right now we just saw the bills you know kick a almost last second field goal to beat the Chargers the week prior to that, they did dominate the Cowboys. It was all in the it was all in the run game. And versus the Chiefs a week before that, the Bills. If Kadarius Tony lines up on the right side of the ball, then well, the Bills lose that game. So I think it's definitely inside double digits. So. Um, with the number being 12, I like the
2: Patriots who are playing some, some tight defense. I like them to cover that 12. Yep. I thought Bailey Zappi was really solid against the Broncos as well, against the past defense that has been yeah. improved. A lot of interesting MVP repercussions out of that game too, Patriots-Bills, because, look, if Lamar Jackson, if he beats Miami, then it's a wrap. Then yeah. he will win and it, doesn't
1: need, it won't even matter what Lamar's stats
2: is because he won't have to play Week 18. Agreed. So if he wins that then I think it's over. If he loses that game, though, and the Dolphins are plus 145 on the money line, there's a 35 to 40% chance that they do lose that game, then that market is complete chaos because then Lamar's lost grip of the number one seed. His stats have never stacked up to these right. guys. It's always his case has been the overall impact and what you can't see. But a lot of that is tied to winning and being the number one seed. And so if he loses that game, then I think Josh Allen... If he, if he beats the Patriots, he beats the Dolphins in Week 18, then all of a sudden, like, he's got the most total touchdowns in the NFL by far. He's top two, three in every advanced quarterback metric. He will have finished the season on a five game winning streak. While the division Lamar has floundered. So I think that Allen, just because someone has to be the second favorite in this award. It, if I it think goes it is Allen.
1: exactly like that, Josh Allen is going to win.
2: Yep. And so that's why he's 13 to 1 on DraftKings right now. I think he should be half that price. Now Lamar very likely wins the award. He should be the favorite. I think minus one seventy is a perfectly fair price. But someone has to be the second favorite, and I think it's Josh Allen.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people right now are looking. Where do I hedge if I had a preseason yep. ticket on Lamar Jackson? And I agree with you, Jay. The answer is on Josh Allen. Especially. What, what about
1: CMC? Like, because he still had a good game, yep. despite the if- loss. That's who I was going to
2: hedge on because it's still a good price. If this chaos scenario emerges and Lamar loses to Miami, I think the guy more likely is Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill will have just beaten Lamar. Then he could beat Josh Allen and Buffalo in week 18, clinch the one seed. I think CMC gets live in that scenario, but I think Tyreek might have it over him.
3: All right, guys, for me, I'm going with the Lions covering the six points against the uh, the Cowboys covering against the Lions. They are six-point favorites, and you might see that and go, God, the Lions are a good team. How is Dallas favored by six points in this one? They are a totally different beast at home. They're on a 15-game home streak win streak in the NFL. That's the longest right now in the league. 280-point differential during this streak. Uh, In their seven home games this season, Dallas has won six of them by 20 or more points. They're not winning at home. They are dominating at at home. They are averaging 40 points per game while at home. That is first in the NFL. So while this looks disrespectful to Dan Campbell's Lions, the Cowboys are a different beast when they are home. Yep. No, I agree that Lions defense is going to have a tough time in that game. Very tough time. Yeah. That is it for us. Matthew will be back tomorrow because it is love-hate day. For Lawrence, for Jay, I'm Connor. See you tomorrow, 12 PM, 12 p.m. Eastern time on Peacock. Reese's
2: peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
5: When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, stay Farm is there.